As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We continue, Mizmor 29, Mizmor Kaftet, Mizmor Ladavid, Havul Adonai, Benelim. Yesterday we spoke about the general uh, structure of, the, of uh, this uh, psalm. They have the repetition of the word Havu, we have the repetition of the word Kol, sound. It's a very uh, a visual Mizmor, in the way you, you, you can see the, the process of creation of the, uh, of the mighty sound. It refers to certain elements of nature, like earthquakes, thunderstorms, and so on. But also, to the very moment of creation, where we have Kol Adonai Alamayim, the voice of Hashem over the water, which refers to V'hoshech al Pinei Tov, V'ruach Elohim, Merachefet al Pinei Amayim. That's the moment where uh, Judaism stands in stark contradiction to other mythologies, <coughs> where the world was born out of a, a violent struggle between the gods and the and, and, and monsters and other mythological uh, creatures, and here all this chaos, all this uh, darkness, and uh, and uh, even one we might say terror, everything is subdued by Hashem's word. It's Ruach Elohim, there's calmness, there's quiet, and uh, everything is created by the power of language of the word of God. So that's the importance here of the word Kol. Also, it's a, it's an essential concept in Judaism. That the power of the word that we learn, that we, we communicate. <clears throat> that that voice is so powerful that it could break Arazim, it could break bring down the cedars of Lebanon. The cedars of Lebanon are considered the mightiest uh, the mightiest trees at least in the region. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf. Sirion, like a young, young wild ox. That definitely refers to an earthquake. You know what you see when the mountains tremble? Anyone <coughs> had the, uh, the, um, the experience of being in an earthquake, even a mild one? Anyone here? No? Um, it's funny, I yeah. looked at yeah, here. DC had one for you. Yeah, we had a mild one. You had a mild one, yeah. right. I, I managed to skip the, the major ones in California, in Colombia. But we had mild ones, which I experienced in Colombia, in Bogota, and even in New Jersey, uh, five years ago, and in Israel. And Israel was the, the strongest, and that was like seven, eight years ago. And I was in Tel Aviv at the time, okay, at God, I forget. Anyway, the, the feeling you, you feel, you feel like, you feel like you are in a, in, in a pan. Someone, you know, like when you, uh, when you shake the onions or the beans, and this is how you feel. So it's significant. You know, thank God it wasn't uh, uh, devastating, but we know of other earthquakes which are devastating, and that's where we feel 
that what is the insignificant on this planet. The mountains are dancing. The voice of Hashem kindles flames of fire. The voice of Hashem convulses the wilderness. It's more Yahil. Um, there are two ways to understand the word Hil. Either great fear or to give birth. So, and they're connected because the moment of birth is also a moment of great fear uh, for the woman. Uh, no, not Hail. Hail is Hetud Lamed and Hail is Het Lamed A. Halas or Hul. Some somewhat related, but uh, here the direct question is that Hashem gives birth to the world and He creates the world. Uh, but also there's, that we understand as humans that we have great reverence to this world and that's why the next pasuk is uh, we have a word play Kol Adonai Yeholel Ayalot Vayihesof Yaarot Uvechalot Kulo Omer Kavod It's a beautiful sentence if you understand the Hebrew um, and this one we sing it on, uh, on Friday night Kol Adonai the voice of Hashem Yeholel Ayalot So Again, it's a double entendre. Almost everything in Tehillim have this double meaning. On one end is Hashem creates mighty things. Leholel is to, to, to make. And Ayalot is from the word Ayil El, strength. But also Hashem helps the, the, the deer or the gazelles to give birth. Like the most delicate thing. And that is uh, connected to a verse in Yirmiyahu. I'm sorry, not Yomio, in Yom, when Hashem talks to Yom and, and rebukes him, we have chapters 39, 38, uh, so 39, 40 of Yom, where Hashem rebukes Yom, telling him, how, how do you have a dialogue with God? What do you know of the world? And how can you manage those things uh, that Hashem manages? So one of the pesukim that Hashem tells Yom is, Hayadata ayledet ya'alisala holel ayalot tishmor. Do you know the, the time where the, the mountain goats deliver? If anyone ever saw mountain goats in Israel, that if you travel in the Judean desert towards Elat, you could see them coming down from the mountains. Uh, just like we say in Shira Shirim, it's, it's an amazing sight. They're very, uh, there's the creatures that go through very precarious situations. I don't know how they gave a foothold there. So it says, who can, uh, who is the human who even knows when this Ya'el, mountain goat, gives birth? We have no access to where they are. I mean, even today, scientists try to get to, to find, uh, you know, rare animals and, and film them while they give birth. They cannot do that. So, but Hashem not only knows that, he sort of, uh, in, in that uh, concept, he manages the whole world. And Hashem strips forests bare. Um, again, it's a, it's a double meaning. One is, could be with the mighty wind that, you, that the forests are blown away. But also, here is a, a connected to the word which is nakedness, right? So you have the, on one end, which is something that's totally covered, and the other one, the nakedness, which is something which is totally exposed. 
And we know, we, we think about the, the word erva in the context of sexuality, like in Gilui Arayot, but it's also considered like the weak point or the nakedness. As when Yosef tells his brothers, he accuses them of being spies, he says, Lirot et arvat ha'aretz batem. You came to see the nakedness of the Hashem. So Hashem uh, knows all the, the, the nothing is uh, concealed. Everything is exposed to him. Adonai l'mabul yashav v'yashav Adonai melech le'olam Hashem sat enthroned at the flood and he sits enthroned forever and we'll, I'll, I'll get back to this concept of the mabul Adonai oz la'amo iten Adonai v'echet amo b'shalom Hashem will give strength to his people he will uh, bestow on his people well-being. So there's no doubt that this memoir is very powerful whether you're reading the Hebrew or the English it has all these images of creation of the uh, of the uh, natural elements, thunderstorm, earthquakes, fire, uh, uh, forest being blown away. It has also the elements of uh, delicate things, such as the kol, the word alamain, floating over the water with calmness and, and quiet. Holel ayalot, the the gazelle uh, giving birth. It has also the image of Hashem as all-knowing and all-controlling, and direct connection to creation, like I said, Kol Hashem Alamayim, and the Mabul. Those are the two strongest connections to, the, to creation. And um, in, in that sense, just like I said, that the Kol Hashem Alamayim, the relationship between God and the, the, and the ancient waters, is a contradiction to the... To the uh, uh, Babylonian or what we call ancient Near East mythology where they believed that there was this uh, the monster Tiamat which controls the which is the abyss and the, the gods slay it and instead you have here Hashem who controls everything same with the Mabul because the Mabul, the flood in our, even though it's a central part of our Tanakh right, in, in essence doesn't fit the theology of, of the Torah. If you, you really think about it, the concept of Hashem destroying the whole world, wiping the whole world totally, and leaving uh, only you know one family alive with, with the animals. You look every, anywhere else in Torah, this is not what Hashem does. With Sodom, he, he consults with Abraham previously and negotiates with him. Uh, with the Nineveh and Yonah, Hashem says, I, you, uh, you, you now wanted the destruction of Nineveh. And when uh, uh, Hashem tells him, How can I have not, not have mercy on Nineveh, which is not, not a Jewish city, it's a pagan city that also did evil, but there are over uh, 120,000 uh, people in the city and animals who are innocent, why would I kill them? So, overall, it doesn't fit the theology of the, Tanakh, of the Tanakh. The other big problem with the flood story is, and we are sort of like going on a, a little bit on a limb here, but it's important because we mentioned every Friday night, the Mabul, right? This is not something that you think, you realize that Yetziat Mitzrayim we mentioned every day, but also the Mabul every, every Shabbat. Why are we mentioning that? So, the, the other big problem with the flood, with understanding the flood, is... That, um, that it appears in all other mythologies before the Tanakh, things that predated the Torah. Uh, the most fam- the famous uh, story of uh, 
was he called the epi- the uh, uh, the myth of Gilgamesh? Have you ever heard of that? Hmm. Babylonian uh, flat story. Gilgamesh is a mythical hero. Then at a certain point, there's a there's a someone who's parallel to Noah exactly. His name is Utnapishtim. He's being saved by the gods on a on a raft with animals. Um, and most Bible scholars believe that the the Torah story is not original. That he copied that that uh, mythical story, and therefore the Torah itself is not original. So what we do in most uh, most uh, um, Jewish schools, or most Orthodox uh, institutions, we'd rather not talk about that. Let them say whatever they want to say about the flood. Let us believe the flood the way it's written in the Torah, and it's okay. So there's another problem with the flood, that uh, <coughs> when we follow the chronology of the Torah, because from the moment of creation, the chronology is quite accurate. After, I mean, not accurate, but given in, in very clear units. Before the before creation, or the or you could say the six days of creation, were there six days? Were there fifteen billion years? You could uh, you could go the full gamut. There's a there's a, uh, a religious, an Orthodox uh, physicist, Gerald Schroeder, who wrote a book, God and the Big Bang, where he where he shows that six days, in uh, according to the theory of relativity, could be fifteen billion years. Beautiful, very good. He gave a talk in my shul, and I asked him, okay, that's, that's, that accounts for the creation, right? After the creation comes the story of Adam, Shet, Enosh, up to Noah, right? So according to this chronology, the Mabul took place about 5,000 years ago. So if the, if the flood took place 5,000 years ago, we should find evidence, geological, in the, in the sediments, in the, in the oceans, there should be strong evidence to such a cataclysmic event. And people search all over the globe for evidence for the flood and nothing. We did find something in Turkey, Rabbi Armenia. So they say that they found uh, a remnant of the ark. Yeah. yeah, it's not, not corroborated. So no, let me, let me correct it. It's not true what I said. They did find an evidence for the flood, mm-hmm. but... Not 5,000 years ago, a little before that, some 10,000 years ago. And there is, there is evidence to something that happened, was a major event, but it was local. Local meaning it, it, it uh, covered most of the Middle East, based in Turkey. It started in Turkey around the Black Sea. That was the source of the, uh, of the, of the event. We should dedicate another class to fully understand what happened there. But the bottom line is this, that uh, there was an, a, a catastrophe that is alluded to here in the Mizmo. It impacted the whole Middle East and, and all of ancient civilization because this is, this is the cradle. We talk about the Middle East is the cradle of civilization. And people who, who, who fled the, the flood got all the way to China on one end and to Hungary and of course to Babylon and all of the Middle East. So people knew these stories. <clears throat> when, uh, and the way they understood them, because this is way before the Torah was given, we're talking about 7,000 years before the giving of, of the Torah to Bnei Israel, the way they interpreted them is from the point of view of idolatry. Something 
wasn't working well for the gods. They were upset. And therefore, they wiped out humanity. Right? They look at the gods as many gods. And they came up with a story. It's a nice story. You know what happened? Why the gods decided to wipe out humanity? Anyone knows? What is the reason, according to, the, uh, to this uh, myth, that the gods decided to destroy humanity? Was it injustice? Was it corruption? Theft? Robbery? Murder? One word, Lord, that's according to the Torah. I'm talking about the, the ancient myth, the ancient myths. No, okay. So the word, one word, we can do one word. Siesta. You know, siesta. siesta. What is siesta? You know, we want to go take a good nap, a nice nap in the afternoon. Okay, everybody deserves that. My father, when he when he, he needs his uh, uh, rest, rest on Shabbat, and all the kids would play in the street, he would get out and yell at them, and they would all scatter. Right? So we all know that how important it is. So according to the Babylonian myth, the gods were trying to get a good nap in the afternoon because they need to sleep. They eat, they drink, they need to sleep also. But humanity was too noisy. too noisy. So the decision was made, let's kill them all, right? And, uh, and then there's uh, many other details in the story. So uh, this is, of course, ridiculous. And the reason of the flood, the way it happened, it was a natural disaster, which basically was that the, the Mediterranean Sea started pouring into the Black Sea, which was at the time just a huge crater with the, with the lake at the bottom. So, it was a natural disaster. So, the, the, when Hashem gives a Torah to Am Yisrael, he has a choice. He could ignore the story of the Mabul. It should not be included because this is not what happened. Right? But the problem is that people already know the story. They know it so well. Everybody in the era knows the story so well that if you skip it, they will tell you, well, where is it? It's not in the book. I don't accept the book. You know, like there's certain things that you cannot change everybody. Right. So instead, Hashem includes the story in the Torah, but gives it a twist. As much as possible, give it a twist and build it around a different concept. The main difference is that the gods, it's not the gods, it's one God. And the destruction of the world comes not because of the nuisance of people not letting the gods sleep in the afternoon, but rather because people are... Uh, Violent towards each other, injustice, Hamas, like you said, it's not about idolatry, it's not about something that they do to God, it's something that they do to each other. Say, Hashem has to say, wiped clean, and let's start from the beginning. But it never happened the way it is described. And again, here, just like in the beginning of the Mizmor, David alludes to the, the, the myth and, and rejects it, here also he says, Adonai la Mabul. Yashab. The, the, the whole story of the Mabul is to establish the theory of monotheism, to reject the myths of Babylonia, to accept the idea of, uh, of monotheism, to establish the concept of one God, and we conclude with the beautiful thing that the, the Mizmol ends with, one, with the word Shalom. Peace. That peace that with all the the, the commotion and, and excitement that you feel in more, we end with shalom, with peace, uh, with the with calmness. Amen. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.